Good afternoon. It is quarter past 12 on the 24th of August and today is a day that I have decided to bite the bullet and start my podcast. Now I've been procrastinating on this for a very, very long time. The excuse that kept coming up was I don't have time. I don't have time. I, I just need to be doing things that have like a automatic, like a straightaway paid income. But I actually realized that that was just my ego trying to keep me safe and just stopping me from reaching out, branching out into the podcast world. So I decided this morning, right, I'll just Google, Google what website I wanted to use. And then it said, start podcast, do your first one. And instantly was like, okay, I'll do that next week. And I thought, no, just do a five minute one, like short and sweet, just tell people what the podcast is and what I'll be doing. So here it is, it's called More to Life because there is so much more to life than self-sabotage, perfectionism, OCG, to disordered eating, to dieting, to low self-worth, to people-pleasing, to um, low body image, body dysmorphia, to all these things that just consume our brain, that just consume our life. And when you're able to let go of these things or heal them, move through them, you start to get so much more from life and there's more to life. So over the next few podcasts, you will see me do one on uh, my own story. So I will give you an in-depth run through of everything's happened to do with my life, my business, my career now, but also my previous disordered eating. I'll also be interviewing some of my um, old clients who have been through their transformations. Plus, I'll be having guest expert speakers coming on and talking about how they've created the lives that they love um, and moved through whatever was holding them back. So whether that was disordered eating uh, or just, you know, an unhealthy relationship with food, the dieting, low self-worth, body dysmorphia, relationships, it's all heavily connected, which is what I learned when I went through my training. I thought, you know, before with myself personally, I thought it's very much about the food. I was like, I just need to get my relationship with food sorted and everything else will fall into place. But no, I learned this in my own experience, but in my training that actually is also connected. The way you are to other people is connected to how you are to food. The way you feel about yourself determines what kind of relationships you have. It is crucial that you really do move through these things and heal them because life gets so good when you allow it, when you stop the procrastination, the self-sabotage, and when you allow amazing things to come into your life. So what I would love to know, you can get me on, on um, Instagram, I at I am Elmace. I would like to have some suggestions of any guest expert speakers that you would like to have on and I will do my absolute best to interview them. You will also be getting lots of top tips um, on how to have the most confidence and just to start thriving in life. So please stay tuned. This is my first ever attempt at a podcast so I have no doubt that in say one year two years I'm going to listen back to this and either be totally cringing or hopefully I'll have loads of self-compassion for myself and think wow look how far I've come but I'm really really excited for this I'm excited to share my story I'm excited for people to get vulnerable I'm excited for people to learn have this as a learning platform and for it to be their daily motivation so some of these podcasts are going to be long half an hour 40 minutes some of them are going to be 10, 15, 20 minute blasts that you can listen to every single day to make sure that you live the most fulfilled and exciting life that you can. So take care. Thanks for listening. And I will see you all soon. Hello and welcome to the More to Life podcast. I am your host, Elle Mace, and I am joined today by my dear friend, Steph Morris. Yay! Steph is actually my first ever podcast guest. So what I am just going to drop in is I also still haven't figured out how to edit these podcasts. So Steph, no pressure, but we cannot make any mistakes whatsoever. <laughs> it's all good we're authentic we don't need to have editing it's all good yeah this is the real raw deal here um so I'm super excited to have you on because a lot of what you do is really really connected to what I do in terms of you know when I work with people with their relationship to food and their body obviously their intimacy part and the sex part is, is so crucial so I'm gonna pass it over to you to introduce yourself tell us why you do what you do and then we will dive in 
Amazing. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here and get into this juicy conversation. My name is Steph Morris. I am a love, sex and money coach amongst many other things. That's the title, the role that I play these days in my business. So I work with women to really help them connect with their bodies, see the magic within their bodies and really just shift their relationship to themselves so that they can shift their relationship with their partner or call in that dream partner that they so deeply desire and just really embodying pleasure, balancing masculine feminine energies. And I do a lot of work with sexuality and helping women release sexual shame and come into their their full self, step into full feminine power so that they can have that life where they have it all. I really believe that we can have it all. It doesn't mean we have to do it all. It doesn't mean we have to be it all at once. I think support is really important, but I think we put too many limitations on ourselves, and we can really have everything we desire. The amazing intimate relationship, beautiful sex, lots of money, lots of orgasms, like the incredible bougie life and the spiritual and all of the things. Like that is, <laughs> that is my vision and what I'm here to help women do. And really because of my own journey, is why I'm passionate about this. Like, I feel like everybody who is a coach or kind of has a business, it's a selfish journey that we go on and we have our own discovery and transformation. And then we're like, shit, I really want to share this with other women because it's so powerful and life-changing. And that's exactly what led me to this path of having this business. And on the thread of everything that you shared about Elle, of like intimacy, relationship with ourselves, that was it for me. Like I was just a few years ago, just over three years ago, was like um, hustle, woman, hamster wheel, like late nights, early mornings, a lot of coffee, um, working out all the time, not really nourishing myself, eating out dinner loads, like just obsessed. Like I used to thrive on being online at like midnight, replying to messages and just working, thinking like, yeah, I was like, I'm living the life. Like, yes, like boss babe, we're doing it. Um, And it was really destructive and really exhausting. And I experienced burnout a couple of times. The first time I was living in the US at the time with my partner, Jay, and I had a seizure basically. And it completely stopped me, ended up in hospital. It was so scary because my whole body just shut down. And luckily Jay was there to literally catch me as I fell and like my body started convulsing. Um, otherwise I probably would have, I mean, it would have been bad. I was in the bathroom, um, would have smashed my head or something. Luckily he literally night and shining armor saved me, but that was 24 hours in hospital and a $12,000 hospital bill. And literally six weeks of thinking there was something really wrong with me before I could see a neurologist and find out that actually it wasn't an actual technical medical seizure. And I had self-inflicted burnout it was awful. Like I had such bad anxiety and that was really the start. It wasn't the thing that changed me though. No, (laughs) no. I still fell back into my old habits after that, which is crazy. And I think it just comes down to that deeper inner work. So to to kind of come back full circle, like that's where it began. And that was actually five years ago, um, five or six years ago. It was actually the relationship with my partner, who's now my husband, that really was the thing that I had to look in the mirror and go, mm, okay, something's not working. Like I was very disconnected from myself, just hustling all the time. I actually would not let Jay physically touch me during the week. Like I was so into work and into my own bubble that if he like came up behind me whilst cooking dinner, I literally was like, don't touch me. I can't actually absorb your physical touch right now. And lacking intimacy, lacking libido, lacking sexual chemistry, all of the stuff, that was the thing. And there's so much more to that story, but that was the thing that made me go, I really want to change something because I'm not showing up in this relationship how I desire to show up and this isn't becoming the relationship that either of us really want so that was the catalyst um and a lot of busy women can relate to that of like not having capacity to get intimate with their partner but there's so much more to the story but I'm gonna pause it there (laughs) (laughs) okay no worries yeah I'm like writing notes um (laughs) ah yes I can totally resonate with a lot of that and I think and it's definitely really common with that whole sort of like double busy life that actually you're just seriously disconnected to yourself. And I think for me, I was really disconnected from myself, but that's why I led, I, I led a double busy life. That's why I was like charging up and down the country doing my jobs and, you know, all the socials and everything, because 
I actually didn't want to sit with the feeling of like, I don't like myself and I'm not connected to myself at all. Um, but just to go back then, which I think is going to be really good for people to listen to. And you basically just told us that there's, there's a real success story there. So you were in a place where you didn't feel, you know, you, 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 you were struggling to be intimate with your partner, but you've now gone on to get married and you're, you're really happy. And I think that bit is so key for people as advice. Like if you're in a relationship now, we can so quickly jump into it's not working mm -hmm. and we've fallen out of love when actually maybe we just need to reconnect back with ourselves before we can reconnect with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent because the, we can only go to the depth with another person that we've gone with ourselves first. And that's why there are a lot of people who are in sort of shallow surface level relationships because they're too afraid to get really vulnerable with themselves and get really, naked with themselves and their emotions and their own feelings and vulnerabilities and their own shadow um but that really is required to reconnect with the partner so with the part with being in a relationship with your partner it's very common to go into that roommate phase where you feel disconnected where you stop having sex where you start to question like is this the right person and it is such an isolating and scary place to be when you're starting to go, your mind is like going around in circles every day of like, is this the right person? Are we going to be together? What does this mean? Luckily, this is being talked about more now, but like three, four, five years ago, people weren't really talking about this. And I, like I thought when I was going through it, this means my relationship's over. And I was like, I'm too embarrassed to like share this with anybody because mm -hmm. people are just going to say to me, it's not the right relationship. You have to break up. And I just don't think it's that simple. And I think one thread is just to know if you're in that place, like the roommate phase, you're lacking that intimacy. You can totally get it back. And the way to getting it back is taking full personal responsibility for, for your, the part that you play in the relationship. Not saying that your partner isn't like doing their own you know, thing. And there's always growth on both sides. But a lot of the times it is powerful for the woman to go first and to go on her own journey and be that, invitation for her partner to then go on that journey with her and it really does start with getting to know your own feelings getting really vulnerable with yourself and finding out who are you like who actually are you underneath the busy woman underneath the mum, underneath the employee or the business owner whatever like who are you underneath all of that and what do you actually want for your life you have to go there you have to get to know your feelings because if you don't know your own feelings it's gonna be really hard to communicate those with somebody else so if you don't know how you feel what you need what you desire what you want more of what you want less of it is near impossible to expect that you can effectively communicate that with your partner and have that open conversation and so getting quiet turning off all of the devices and doing really powerful practices like embodiment breath work, meditation, different things where you're really going deep into yourself and into your body are super transformational to get to know yourself on such a deeper level. And it's not as simple as that. Like, obviously it's messy and it's scary and emotions and all of the things it's like cans of worms are being opened. Like that is kind of how it is. But the more that you go into that, the more that you acknowledge your shadows and the pain and the challenges, the more beauty and pleasure is on the other side as, as well. Mm, totally that is and that is just so the same for all communication isn't it like as soon as you actually have good communication with friends families partners the other side of it is going to be much better like it might be a different like scenario but it's generally always going to be a lot better and actually that communication piece is so hard it's hard to communicate anyway about how we feel how we feel but even more so specifically around intimacy and sex like I mean, there will be some people who were who were fortunate to grow up talking about it probably quite openly. So they, you know, they probably feel those like those rare people. <laughs> those rare people that it's easier for them now. But you know, it wasn't spoken about when I was growing up. Not in our, you know, not even really in our schools. Like, it's an awkward conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be though. It doesn't have to be. But no. it starts with. So the way I love to guide people, well. Obviously, I work with women one-on-one -on -one in coaching and in group programs, and that is a extremely powerful way to shatter the false narratives and beliefs that you have around sexuality and pleasure and self-pleasure and all of the things, um, especially in a group setting as well. Like, 
wow, you are going to heal some like lifetimes of shame. But if you're not ready to like dive in working with another person, which is literally transformational. And that's what I did. I I worked with a coach and it changed everything for me. Hence how I got onto this journey, but Mm. journaling. So getting a journal, making sure that, you know, nobody's going to find it, like hide it, put it in your side drawer so that, you know, for sure, like no one's going to read this. Um, And I have loads of journal prompts that I share on social and blogs and stuff that you can start to ask yourself, like, how do I feel about myself sexually? Like, what did I learn about sexuality growing up? What did I learn about self-pleasure? What did I learn about women versus men self-pleasuring? All of these questions that you can start to ask yourself, which is really going to give you insight. And you want to follow the feelings. If we talk about like, you're listening to this and we're talking about women self-pleasuring and women having amazing orgasms and loads of sex, notice how you feel in your body listening to that. Do you feel like, ooh, like, why is she talking about that? That's wrong. Is there like this little contraction that you can feel in your body or are you like fuck yes like do you feel expansive and open even this alone can give you insights into if if there is any form of contraction or disgust or like any of those threads of feelings you know that there's something there and that's common for most women we have pretty much all women have some degree of internalized sexual shame just because of the society we grew up in like even if you grew up in a really open um, household or about talking about sex there's still going to be some form at, from being intimate with partners school experiences all of the stuff it all can create internalized shame which creates further disconnection from ourselves so to really get intimate ourselves and develop that deeper relationship we have to look at shame and that's really scary and that's mm. really 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 confronting yeah, shame and guilt, they're the two things that come up a lot with disordered eating, low self-worth, body dys- body dysmorphia is huge, like low body image and guilt and shame, it's so, so hard, but they are, that, that's so, that is so uh, connected, isn't it? The guilt and shame that we feel in our sexual experiences and relationships to how and how that can affect then our like, the way we eat, the way we feel about mm-hmm. ourselves, the way we, we, we look at ourselves in the mirror. Yeah. What so if you if you think someone is like feeling shameful of their past, for example, maybe when they were in their younger twenties, and I, so I, I have a lot of clients that I will go for their lifeline, and like you know, early twenties, there's a lot of sort of playing around, mucking around, whatever you want to call it. They find it really hard to talk about it, and they find it really shameful. And like, what do you think is like? Why, why do you think that is? And what do you think is the be- the best way for them to start to to make peace with? with that that like that period in their life or it doesn't even matter if you're doing that when you're older mm. well I think the first question is why do they feel like what is the shame attached to is it is it the perception now that it's wrong for some reason or is it somebody else's opinion like what is the what is the shame attached to was it something somebody said in those experiences was it the way that they felt afterwards or is it like shame looking back on it because that can be a common thing of like well people have said that you know, sleeping around with this many people is wrong. And then you, that kind of layers up on top of your experiences. But if you have a lot of shame, I mean, absolutely working with somebody like who is a coach or a therapist or a specialist in this area is going to be powerful because it's going to be really, really hard to go into your own shame and to work through that when you don't have any expertise knowledge or experience on how to hold yourself through that because shame is really scary and if it's not handled in the right way you could end up creating more shame on top of it because the way that you were trying to explore it and then you ended up shutting yourself down even more because something came up that you didn't know how to process starts with though starting to process your emotions and learning to meet your emotions with love and compassion so to call to create transformation transformation comes from love and compassion and acceptance so getting to a place where you can accept even if it's accepting a tiny part of yourself accepting that past version that made those choices and had those experiences can you come into acceptance of that version of yourself that is the first step that's required if you can't why not what do you need to do to be able to accept that past version of you so that's like the first key but definitely reading up, getting help on this, because the more shame we have, the more disconnected we are, the more we're closed off to the beauty of life and the really the depth of experience that I think we can actually have as humans. Um, But shame doesn't have to be something that we live with. It's a very 
complicated topic that I think everybody needs to dive into their shame and get curious. So again, starting with journaling, what, what do I feel shame? Do I feel shame about my body? Do I feel shame about parts of my body? Do I feel shame about self-pleasure or about the way I smell, or the way I look? Get really clear on that first because self-awareness is always the first step. You have to have self-awareness to be able to dive into it. So self-awareness and acceptance would be where I would start. Um, and once you have that, really getting some support to work through it because you don't have to live with shame. Um, it can be healed and it's so beautiful when it is. Mm, definitely, yeah. And I think people underestimate the power of connection with everything, like the connection with yourself, connection with other people. And if you can get rid of that shame and that guilt, then you can, you know, you can feel more connected to yourself. And I do think that just opens doors and opportunities for people. Like, and I think there's some people who are going to find that quite hard to understand. It's quite literal people can think, oh, I don't really understand how me being more connected to myself is going to mean I can go on to do this and this and this. But I think you've got to really trust and give it a go. Like if whatever you've been doing isn't working, try something new. And what you're talking about is going to be really different for people. Like, you know, meditation, breath work, like some people can get into it quite easy. Some people it's a real, like they can procrastinate on it like big time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially breath work. Well, all of those practices, people have resistance to. Why do they have resistance? Because it is going into the unknown. And it is going to expose things to be felt that you probably have been suppressing and trying to numb yourself out of through other vices that we all have, right? So having resistance to those practices is totally normal. Um, but the more that you do, if it's starting off with a few minutes a day, and this is why I literally recommend breathwork to every single person I ever meet, because if you want to start to meet your emotions with loving presence and with be able to heal them. Breathwork is such a powerful tool. If you want to feel more confident, if you want to feel more secure, more connected, more clear, less overthinking, and just that inner mean voice in your head, breathwork is the tool that will help you do that. It makes you feel like you're high <laughs> every day. Um, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system. Most people are breathing really shallow. Most people are in a constant state of stress. And in that fight or flight, if you're in a state of fight or flight, forget, you know, forget growing um, and creating the life of your dreams from that place, you're in survival mode. So what happens in survival mode? Well, you know, with food and all of that, like you want to try to lose weight and you're in a state of stress or you want to try to heal your body or from bloating or whatever, you've got to get into a calm state with your body. And oftentimes your body is actually holding on, right? It's holding on to things for protection. And it's the same thing with when you're starting to get into your emotions. Um, sometimes your body is holding on to these things and you need to just have that support and have that guidance and those practices to allow it to let it go once your body feels calm and feels safe. So that's why I recommend breath work and all of these practices to just get into that calm state. If you can live in that rest and digest state, every single day, that alone will change so much for you. It, the way that you eat, the way that you digest your food will change, the way that you feel about yourself, everything changes. Mm, yeah, and I can totally resonate with that because I, I've been a late starter to this breath work and you've been encouraging me to do it. So I have been doing five or so minutes of breath work a day and I've already noticed a huge difference. Yay, what do you notice? I'm, I feel calmer. Yeah, I, I sounds. I I feel calmer. I feel like I can process things slightly easier. But when I'm doing the breath work, I've noticed that I'm finding the breath work easier as well each time. So I did really struggle because I think I'm a very shallow breather, very like like you say, living in a bit of a high cortisol state. But actually, I'm learning that it can be it, it can actually be easy and pleasant to do breath work, even though initially mm. it it does feel quite hard. Yeah. But yeah. the benefits are definitely there because I've only been doing it for like, well, start of January. So like 10, 10, 11 days. Yay. Well, that's amazing though, because that's all it takes is a few days of consistency to notice the shifts, like just feeling more calm. You feel more present, more connected, more grounded, like all of these beautiful things. You're activating your parasympathetic nervous system and you're feeling... I find I feel more confident. Like if I don't do breath work for a few days, my mind starts to go, go racing. I start to question myself. I start to have doubts. I start to like have all of these different like 
things creeping up that I don't find. And that's when we're, our mind is overactive. Breathwork gets us into our body. It helps you feel like sl- time is slowing down as well. Like you think you don't have enough time, right? People are always like, I don't have enough time. I don't have time to do breathwork, whatever. You want to slow down time, do breathwork. And you'll see afterwards, it's like, oh my gosh, everything's great. And another really powerful thing, it makes you more, less reactive, which a lot of a lot of us are very like emotionally charged and reactive and we like blow up in certain situations. Well, breath work really helps with that as well. Like you can respond calmly and be like, mm, okay, how do I want to respond to this versus just being in that reactive state? So many, like too many powerful things, but I recommend giving it a go for like, you know, give it a go for a month. What have you got to lose five minutes a day? You will yeah. guarantee feel a difference. Yeah. All these things that we're kind of discussing are really hard to get going. But once you do, definitely worth it. So um, I spoke to a few people um, ahead of you coming on and I have had a few questions. in. so one of the questions is actually like, what do you do if you just feel like she said, I don't enjoy sex? And I, said, well, you, I said, well, you feel like you don't enjoy sex. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you just don't enjoy sex. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is very, very common with women. Okay. Very common with women. So the best thing to do is to go on your own sexual exploration journey with yourself. Because if you don't enjoy sex, a lot of sex in a heterosexual relationship is like missionary, like boring, kind of like not saying it's boring. It's great. Um, but it's kind of standardized based on what we have been taught and like what we've learned, right? There's a lot more to sex than that. And oftentimes, well, a few things. One, you probably don't know what you really like. If you haven't really explored yourself, it can be, there is just, there are so many things as why you can um, could find that you're not enjoying sex. You could be really disconnected from yourself. You could be too in your mind. If you're really in your head and you're thinking about like, oh, did I leave the chicken in? Am I going to make this next? Like, what's on my to-do list? It's going to be really hard to connect with the pleasure. The other thing that it can be is you can have, so like we just explored about earlier, if you had a lot of experiences um, when you're younger, like sleeping around or like just doing different things, you can have some internalized trauma and trapped emotions inside your vagina that are affecting your connection and actually stopping you from feeling pleasure. So a lot of people I work with have numbness or have pain. And just like we use breath work to allow ourselves to get into our emotional body to heal and release emotions that are trapped in our body and past trauma. It's the same thing internally. If you have not healed and there's a process called yoni dearmoring, which you're probably going to be like, this sounds weird. <laughs> process called yoni dearmoring where you're applying pressure points to actually release and allow the muscles internally to let go. And through that process, you can start to access more sensation and you can start to feel more and just feel more turn on, more lubrication, more pleasure. Just like if you're getting, if you've ever had a cramp in your calf or in your shoulder, you know, it's like really tight and really painful. And you could just like iron it out, like give it a little massage, you get deep, deep tissue massage. And then it's like, oh my gosh, that relief, it feels so much better. Well, it's the same thing internally. There are muscles, there are, you know, points inside that could have had a lot of trapped emotions within. So that's the second thing, but really exploring yourself. Like if I hadn't done this, my sex with my husband would not be what it is now because if you think you're going to go into a relationship with your partner and look, some people are like this, but most people are not. If you're going to go into a relationship and be like, let's try this. I want to try this. Let's do that. I want to do all this. Like if you haven't gone there with yourself, that is really scary and really vulnerable. So really going on a journey to heal that emotional, internal, um, internal emotions, release them, explore yourself because the more you want to access more pleasure, you have to go into the pain. So you want more pleasure, you want more highs, then it means you have to get comfortable with the lows and you have to get comfortable with everything that comes with it. So literally I could go on and on about this. <laughs> what are you thinking about this? But it's really, have- it doesn't have to be that way. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> no, my mind's, my, my mind's just going over and over it all. And I think like, from what you said and I think it's so true like actually we can have past trauma with sex even if we didn't realize it was trauma like just having awkward sex or difficult sex 
that is you know fully consented and you wanted it can still be traumatic yeah. and actually what what you were saying there about like kind of like your your womb shuts down so I think you go numb that word numb I was like that is a descriptive work that so many people use with their like when they're having sex and they just can't seem to get into it mm, yeah very very common so when we think of trauma we typically think of like people who've experienced severe traumatic situations but there's different forms of trauma and trauma can be created internally if you've had a traumatic birth like a really crazy birth you have can have internalized trauma if you have been to get your pap smear and it was like why like that can create internalized trauma that your womb your cervix actually holds on to it needs to be released if you have ever um said yes like consented yet internally you kind of knew you weren't feeling it and you were like oh I'm just kind of doing this that creates trauma that creates trauma. Yeah. Mm. or if it, you've like really not been into it be like well I'm not feeling this but we'll just do it anyway all of these experiences which I feel like every woman has has done at some point this creates trauma and this creates a further disconnection inside of ourselves and it really cuts us off from the full experience of what sex can be sex is not for our partner sex is not for the other person or for a man and unfortunately we're not taught about women's pleasure it's such a huge part of our life so going on your own pleasure journey and pleasure starts in a non-sexual way going into your emotions and your feelings starting to heal yourself that way make sure you're getting into your body do all of this healing your experience with sex will completely transform that's just the you part once you're going on that journey then there are things that you can do to deepen that intimacy and connection with your partner and if you have a deeper emotional connection then your sexual connection is going to be through the roof but you can't you can't just like skip over and be like we're going to have wild amazing pleasurable sex if you're not emotionally connecting with that person on a really deep level first because it goes emotional connection sensual connection and then a sexual connection but oftentimes we're like let's get into it let's get sexually connected but for a woman it's like it takes women between 20 and 40 minutes to get turned on to get warmed up to really open for their bodies to open up to be ready for sex most people are not giving themselves and their partners don't have the awareness to give them that time to really get into it. If it's like a quick two minute, you know, <laughs> five minute. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not going to be like, it's not that easy. You know, like a man can just get right into it. It's not the same for us. Um, it really is a process. And so shifting our relationship with sex is really powerful too, but it all sex aside, it starts with the emotional connection to yourself and to your partner and the byproduct is wild pleasure and I just like I just want all women to experience the pleasure that is accessible into their body like we are so powerful we have so much power and just wisdom and magic within our bodies that we get to go on this journey to explore it and it changes everything and not it's not just about sex there's so much more to it than that but the most powerful woman is a woman who is fully embodied in her sexual energy and her sexual power who has released all of that shame who is her full safe full self and she's owning herself and it's like wow she's like magnetic she's powerful yeah she's in her full sexual energy she's unlocked that part of herself and healed you know healed the rest so many of us don't don't get to that point right and so you want to be the most powerful woman who creates this incredible life then exploring yourself sexually is a part like it's a part of us as human beings we all do it we're all having sex it creates life like it like we wouldn't all be here without it and so there's just more to it than what we were taught about it or not taught in most yeah. cases yeah um, and it really is such a powerful aspect of life to explore and unlock it is like it's so it is actually so important but it's you know it's it's one of the what well, is the the probably most natural one of the most natural things in the world along with you know childbirth and things like that so why is it so unnatural to talk about why is it so uh you know so awkward and so difficult but yeah I think like you've touched on a couple of things and I think that resonates with so many people that sort of like 
having sex because you think you should or you just want to you know to make sure that the other person's okay and but actually you're really not into it and like creating that sort of like you know that 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 piece of trauma that comes with that but also just that like that is also just adding fuel to your low self-worth isn't it like that's really just sort of saying yeah this is you know you don't even want to be doing it but you're doing it anyway because you've got such low self-worth and so yeah. that's really sort of adding adding to that, those thoughts and feelings. It creates a further disconnection with yourself and distrust. Because if you have even a, a slight sense of not into it, it kind of feels like a no, but you say yes. It's like you're you're like chipping off a little chip from the block of trust versus if you feel like it's not really a, it's a, I'm not ready yet, or it's a no, and you speak that. It's like you're adding a coin to the piggy bank of self-trust because you're like, I trust that when I feel something, I share it and I don't go against how I feel and what I need and desire. So these things are really important. And if you're with a loving partner, and this conversation can start before you get into the bedroom, but be like, can I, do I have permission to say no if it doesn't feel like a yes for me? If you're with a loving partner, they're going to be like, of course, I would hope. If they're like, fuck no, maybe you need to evaluate like the quality of the partner that you're with. But your partner hopefully would say, would be absolutely like shocked to hear that you are like betraying yourself and your own body signals to do something to please them. Most most partners would not want that. And that is the way it needs to go. But we feel like we have this duty to like, please them well it's not really it's not really the way so mm-hmm. conversation but how do you have that conversation well you have to know how you feel and you have to have the skills and the confidence to open that conversation with your partner and doing that before the intimate setting is ideal but it all comes down to communication and intimacy and it starts with that intimacy with ourselves yeah totally and I think um it also comes down to the partner female or male um <clears throat> actually not taking that as a personal attack not taking that as rejection Mm -hmm. and I was reading something the other day about like how um in a heterosexual relationship if the female says no and the the male um is, is he sees it as rejection it can bring him back to like inner child rejection from parents or grandparents or whatever and it's it's so triggering it's like their reaction might seem really sort of like a bit you know pig-headed like oh for god you know it's just just, like you can't take that so personally but actually it's some it's a deep dark feeling within them that is actually like mean it's so much more meaning than just what is going on there in that moment yeah hence why it's important that people each partner in a relationship regardless of gender is doing their own healing work because that it's not fair to have you know if you're worried that your partner is going to get triggered by their inner child wounds that's not your responsibility it's on your partner to heal that. We've all got healing to do. We've all got, all got inner child <laughs> healing oh, to do. Yes. <laughs> to go, to go there. But that's each individual's responsibility um, to do that. So especially if you're in any, you know, relationship with another person, go first with that healing. And you'll find that your partner will either be inspired by that and want to match that growth and want to go on that journey with you and be like, okay, yes. And there's a little time delay here. It's not like the next, you're like, I'm going on this journey of growth and discovering who I am. And then like next week, your partner's like, I'm coming with you. How are we going to do this? Like, it can be a bit of a delay of months, maybe even a year. It is, yeah. But it does, it can happen, right? It can happen. Eventually your partner is like, wow, I'm so, this is so cool to see you growing. And if they're not, like if they're not going to step up to that, then sometimes, unfortunately, that's when you're growing in different directions. But as humans, it's essential that we're growing. Trees are always growing. Like the grass is always growing. If a tree isn't growing, it's dead. It's tree wood. It's not no longer a living, useful tree. Same thing with humans. But somewhere along the way, it's like we forgot that growth was a really important part of being a human. And a lot of people are stuck where they were 20 years ago it's not supposed to be that way we're supposed to be evolving and growing and how cool if you can be with a partner where you're growing together and you're growing into the next version of yourself 
but you're still in the relationship. There's nothing more rewarding and more fulfilling. And it's such a beautiful journey, but go first. If you're listening to this podcast, be the one to go first. Don't expect your partner. I want them to grow first and I want to follow them. Well, that's your ego talking something to look at there. I get it. (laughs) I get it. It would be, it would be great. Like I, I spent many years wishing for that too. And it led me to frustration and resentment that I had to work through resentment towards my partner, but it was a really a me thing. So I had to work through that and be like, let's put the ego aside. I'll go first. And he did follow. And yes, now, now, now we're growing together, but there was a, there was a big time delay. (laughs) You got to have. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I I'm going through that. Like I'm really spiritual and my partner, it isn't really. Um, so I, I'm still waiting for this time delay, please. I'm still waiting for him to follow me. I've kind of gone off. But um, I, a little while ago, you know, like I was really trying to get him into it. And then I was like, just give up. You do you, off you go. And when he sees the results and if it resonates with him, he'll follow. So yeah, so watch this space. I'll let you know when he follows. Um, <laughs> well, the more that you try and push something on your partner, yes. especially if they're a man, the more they're going to reject it and the more frustrated you're going to be. So that's an element of control. Like I'm trying to control them to get into it now in the way that I want them. Been there, done that, totally get it. <laughs> Very common for, for women to do. But the more, look, you can, here's a great little way. You can buy a book for them and you can be like, I've bought you a gift, but you're not saying you have to read this book. I bought Jay um, a book. This is an incredible book. It's by David Dieter, who is like, the the art of like sexual yogic intimacy he is amazing um okay so it's called the way of the superior man the woman's book is called dear lover incredible i bought this book for jay in 2020 when i was like really going on this journey and getting into david Dieter and john wineland and all these people which recommend that you look up my mentors some of my mentors anyway he is now he's gone through the book like he read the synopsis of the book maybe two years ago and he was like got it I get it I I read the overview I was like okay so I left it he is now reading this book okay so it's 2023 so I got this book (laughs) over three years ago he's now reading it he's studying it like the bible he is he's like making notes he's like this is the best book I have ever read in my entire life it's hands down the best book and he is it's all about him embodying the masculine. It's really about like the masculine energy and how they can support the feminine. So really, really powerful book for masculine partners to read. Um, but there we go. Three years it took me. And I was insistent on him reading that book at the time. He wasn't ready for it. Now he is. And side note to this, like I had a little bit of a melt. I was telling you earlier, I had a meltdown this morning and he was practicing what he read in the book to support me, which is the masculine always, typically men want to problem solve. They're like solution, let me do it. Oftentimes the feminine don't want that. We just want to be held and supported. So as I was having my meltdown this morning and I was crying, he just was like presence, grounded present, just hugging me until it was time. Like it was such a different energy that he was in. And this was from, he literally was like, I was practicing what I've been reading in the book. I was like, yes, I love that. And that's what it's about. So everybody go, if you're with a masculine partner, go get them that book, put it on a side table and expect it could be three years before (laughs) before I read it. Yeah, Yeah, I'll be waiting for like 10, that's fine. I've got time, I've got time. No, definitely, that is so helpful. That's really, and that's, it's just really good insight for people to see as well that like, you know, you, you do what you do but things still aren't perfect for for you and Jay. And, you know, you're still always on your journey, even though you, you know, you work in, in, in what you do and you're so good at it. But like, I think it's just really good. And I'm kind of like the same, like, you know, I've, I've still got things around my body and, and, and food and I'm always growing with it. But like, if you are someone that is struggling with intimacy, um, sex, relationships, whatever it is, like you can get to where you've got to. There's no reason why not. Totally. And just like with this conversation of like intimacy, relationship with your partner, I see it the same way that I see food, which was really helpful for me with, I used to be a perpetual dieter and all of that, yo-yo, all of those sorts of things. And when I had the mindset shift of like, I'm just going to shift my lifestyle to like have a healthy lifestyle where I'm in balance and nourish myself and versus having this, like, I have to do everything in three months and like smash gym workouts and eat healthy for three months. So I have my best body. I was like, I'm just going to just do me and shift on being this way consistently, 
consistently for the rest of my life. It's the same thing. And everything changed for me with my relationship with my body, having that shift. It's the same thing with relationship with your partner. If you're committed to be with your partner for life, you're committed to be with yourself for life. Don't try and rush into these quick fix things. See it as it's a journey and you're going to grow and you're going to evolve. And as you go to new levels, there are new challenges that come up or the same, you know, the same problem, but in a different way. And that is part of being, being a human. So the more that you can embrace that and adopt that and be like, I'm just going to open my arms to growth and to challenges that are going to come up and have fun with it. Then it becomes easier versus like, I have to fix this. I have to fix my relationship. I have to fix my body. I have to fix whatever it is in a short period of time. That's just a recipe for disaster ultimately. So when you shift the mindset of the long-term game in whatever area of life, it's not about being perfect. Like I'm always having to remind myself coming back to like practicing what I preach. But the thing to remember is the people that are doing this work, like me doing this work, you doing that work. It's because we have been trying to learn that lesson and we've gone on our own, our own journey in that area in such a deep way. So that means that we have a lot of old programming of being the opposite, right? Like there is so much old programming that is always having to be undone. So it's not about being perfect. I still have challenges. I still have meltdowns. Me and Jay still get into arguments and go through periods where we don't have sex because there's stress or we're busy or whatever. That's part of life. It's not about being the perfect human forever. And how, like, how boring would that be? Honestly, if it was just all up and all highs, we wouldn't enjoy it. We would take it for granted and we'd be like, this is so boring. So just remember that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also like with that bit that you just said there, like, you know, in some ways you're not, you know, you're not having sex. Like who even said that having lots of sex was supposed to be what should happen anyway? Like, oh my God. You know, it's what? Just- what yeah. question to ask yourself is what is a healthy sex life look like to me and yes. ask your partner the same question how often like what is a what is a successful sex life for some people it's once a week for some people it's once every two weeks for some people they're like yes it's much more about the quality of that interaction so let's yeah. have like an hour or two together every two weeks and that is perfect because it fills us up for some people, they want to be having it every day. Great. But that's not realistic for, for everybody with businesses and with kids and like getting all of those things in. So, and it goes through, you go through seasons, right? Like if you've ever traveled or gone on vacation, probably having a lot more sex during that time when you're like stress-free and in a different environment and bring that into your relationship, how can you create a stress-free new variety in your relationship? And that's going to, that's going to bring it back, but totally like figure out for you what like how much you want how much your partner wants get on the same page with that to make sure that you're sexually matched because otherwise that can create issues if you have mismatched um sexual desires and that is all you need don't be comparing like sally over here is telling me she's having sex three Uh, times a day yes good for her how many times will people go home and be like oh so-and-so is doing it this much why are we not doing it this much? There's wrong with us. oh absolutely that will be a big conversation I can imagine though doing everything that we've just spoken about will really really help relationships with general communication as well because if you can actually like you know have these awkward conversations about sex and the rest of it then then going on to talk about money or like to-do lists probably feel a lot easier as well which sex doesn't have to be an awkward conversation. Why do you feel like it's awkward? It's because of societal conditioning, religion, um, silence. Like when something isn't talked about, oftentimes that can create more shame and like shit for us with our relationship to that thing, right? But I mean, for me, it was like a silence conversation. It wasn't really talked about. It was don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and your life will be over. Well, what kind of, and I literally every year would be like, thank God I'm not pregnant. Even, even when I wasn't having sex, like never had sex in my life. I was like, thank God haven't had sex. I'm not pregnant. My life isn't over. Like that was my concern. So what do you think happens when you get older that if you haven't worked through that, that belief is still ruling your life. So you're going to avoid sex because internally you believe sex equals pregnant equals life over 
at like 25 years old because you're still operating in that 14 year old belief so it's just wild um but yeah the more like okay here's the thing and this is why I'm so passionate about this topic if you want to transform every area of your life if you want to radically transform the relationship with yourself explore yourself sexually Mm. everything your relationship to food will change the relationship to your body will dramatically change like it is just wild the power that there is with this and this is what I love to share about and talk about your relationship to pleasure will change your relationship to money will change everything is going to change when you explore this really large part of yourself and of your life and once you can speak openly about orgasms and sex and pleasure and dildos and all of that stuff yeah, it's like, okay, I I can meet my emotions now because mm-hmm. I've gone there in that way. We can talk about money. We can have the hard conversations because you are going to have gone to the depths of yourself and back. You are going to be having more pleasure than you've ever had before. And like everything else just becomes a little bit more effortless when mm-hmm. you go on that really deep journey and conversations don't have to be difficult anymore. Like there is literally no conversation that I could have that I wouldn't find like, I love communication. I love having conversations about all of the things clearly yeah. that people don't usually talk about. Why? Because literally four years ago, you couldn't have paid me to have this conversation. I would have like, honestly, part of me would have died a little bit and been like, this is wrong. So if I can be here and now I literally talk about sex and money and pleasure, like on the internet and on podcasts, if I can transform that way, like I just wish there was a, a a video or something that people could see of who I used to be like it's so possible and it doesn't mean yeah that you're going to have sex every day and just be obsessed with sex it does not mean that it just means you're going to become more of yourself it means you're going to enjoy your life more it means you're going to feel more ease and you're just going to be like wow my life is freaking amazing and so everything becomes a little bit easier when you operate in that way and you can have conversations in an effective way every relationship in your life is going to shift dramatically. You're going to get more of what you want because you can communicate efficiently what you want, what you need, what you desire to every person you meet, whether that's a partner, your kids, your parents, your job, your boss, your clients, your accountant, whatever it is. If you can communicate efficiently, everything is just a little bit easier. Mm, Amazing. Amazing. I feel motivated. (laughs) I'm going to go pleasure myself. (laughs) I'm going, yes. go, no, I'm going to go and do the kids bedtime bath time and dinner <laughs> um, thank you so much Steph this has been absolutely amazing so where can listeners find you find me on basically all the channels my handle is I am Steph Morris on Instagram I'm mainly on Instagram I'm also on TikTok on YouTube Pinterest uh, my website is stephmorris.co so yeah, come send me a message on Instagram. Tell me what you loved about this conversation, what yeah. you learned, what you're going to implement. Um, would love to carry on this conversation with you because clearly I can talk about it <laughs> all day. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Have a fabulous day. Thank you. Bye.